Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. Thank you, guys. No, man, I don't. Thank you, though. <laughs> Good morning. Pastor Mark is ministering out in Virginia, so we're very excited for that, and I get to come and share my heart with you guys and get a chance to finally get behind a microphone and just talk. And <clears throat> It's good. It's um, just to let you know, one of the things in, in my life is... Uh, this is literally me just letting the Lord conquer me, even standing up here. And just, uh, you know, I, I used to take zeros on book reports on standing in front of the class because I refused to get in front of people. That's right. Look what he's done. I'm going to uh, share my heart on some things. And a lot of this is a previous season that I had gone through, I had been in. And in this season was a lot of stretching. It was a lot of pulling. It was a lot of, I really wanted to be out of this season. <laughs> but the Lord had a purpose for me remaining in this season. Ah. <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. Many years ago, I was a sound engineer for a church. My heart was hard from religion, and I was not serving the Lord. I was serving myself. In the midst of all my confusion, living as an orphan, Jesus found me. One day, walking in a field, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I didn't hear an audible voice, but in a suddenly moment, he spoke to my heart. I heard him clearly ask, Will you put an altar on your heart and be a willing, living sacrifice unto me? Instantly, the blinders came off, and for the first time, I was encountering the person called Jesus. He wanted to burn away everything in my life that did not represent him. He was coming after every false identity that took root in my heart. Anything that hindered me from seeing his love, his goodness, he wanted it out. Immediately I began to cry and tell him yes, and this was the beginning of my journey, falling in love with Jesus, eyes wide open. If you were to ask me, anyone who's known me knows that I have a lot of tears often. You'd probably say that I have a soft heart. Uh, I'm very tender. But I will say this. If you always view tears as coming through, it, if you only cry when you're in pain or when you're hurting or when something's wrong, you may not understand what it's like to cry happy tears. I'm telling you there's a place where I'm so thankful 
and I'm so grateful for what he's done in my life that all I want to do is just release tears. And in even that, I, I feel the healing of God. I, I feel like it was so bound up for so many years. I was so lost before I knew the Lord. I was very selfish. I wanted nothing but my own. Whatever I wanted is what I wanted. My own pleasure, my own desires, my own things. I, I turned to drugs. I tried to satisfy myself any way possible. I was so miserable. I became depressed literally did not care if I woke up the next morning. I was just, I didn't care. I just lost all sense of wanting to live. And in the midst of that, he finds me. He encounters me. And out of that, the blinders come off and it's like, I can see in color. It's so hard to describe. And I know many in here have had an encounter where the blinders just come off. It's so, it's hard to describe it, but it's like walking in reality for the first time. And so now I'm, I'm, I have eyes wide open. I'm seeing things differently. And it becomes after this day, everything in my life was different. Day by day, I began to make changes in my life that would reflect this change day by day. Through encounter, which birthed hunger, to know this person intimately, my thinking began to slowly change. Now that became with daily relationship and what that began to look like with me. And I know the church didn't mean this, but I was raised in church. My parents were very faithful in church. They always took us to church. It always came around, even in my understanding, limited understanding, and probably a lot of my immaturity. I always took it as works. You do the right thing, and then you, you achieve things. That's how I always began to view it. And I would have told you many different seasons through ups and downs, that I knew God, I had accepted the Lord and um, all these things. And, and, and I had small encounters with the Lord through these times too. But it wasn't until this encounter that I just told you about that my eyes were really open, that the blinders really came off. And there was this love inside of me to just know him. It was relationship. It, it became about dialogue. And, and through life, I never had that. It was always, okay, you gotta have a prayer list, you gotta have do this and do this, and, and you can't sit in silence because you could be praying in tongues. And if you're not praying in tongues, then you need to be talking to the Lord, telling him what you need in this life. And God, I really need your presence, I really need your strength, and I'm really struggling in this, and I got things that need to fall off my life. We've all been there. And that's all it ever was to me. And now for the first time I'm experiencing talking to him and him talking back. And it was never audible. There was never these, oh, go, go, God, I hear you. It was like at this heart depth level of, of a revelation that I could literally feel like I, I, I could hear him. And what began to happen after this encounter is there's a field by my house. I began to go in this field most daily and I would sit and I would just listen. And it was the hardest thing to do 
Because when you're trained to do, 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 sitting in silence, sitting still, feels like a waste of time. What am I doing here? I would sit in a swing. Now, there was a a rocker swing, and I would envision Jesus sitting next to me. And I'd be in that swing, and I'd just stare out into the field, looking at the birds or the squirrels, and I'm like, wasting time, God. I'm wasting time. But yet I was faithful to that. And you know that urgency that, okay, I need to be doing something. I need to, I need to do something. I need to, oh, I got to pray in tongues right now. You know, I began to silence. It was like a, a silence began to come and, and I began to hear small little things. He began to speak to my heart. And responses, just be able to respond to that. Let me tell you something, man. You you can read things in the Bible and God speaks like that. But when he comes with his revelation, it shatters strongholds in your life. And yes, the renewing of the word does that too. But I'm telling you, when you literally hear him speak to your heart, it changes you instantly forever. Oh. I had some habits in my life. I had some strong bondages. I really did. I had some that fell off really quickly and some that took a long time. Thankfully, in this process, I began to pray and I was asking the Lord, I said, God, I really need someone to stand with me and to walk with me in this season. And he sent someone. I had a, uh, an older man that was a part of a, another church that I was attending in the evenings randomly walks up to me. Hey, um, God told me I'm supposed to be your spiritual father and da 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 and, and I was like, oh, okay. That's exactly what I've been praying for. I literally was telling the Lord, Lord, I want a spiritual father to walk with me in this season that will see things from an outward viewpoint and be able to lead and guide me. I know you're teaching me. I know you're guiding me, but I would like someone to walk with me hand in hand, shoulder in shoulder, Never told anyone this. And he walks up to me out of nowhere. This older gentleman, he used to be a pastor. He was, he's a retired, you know, he, actually he still preaches. But he walks up to me and the Lord told me I'm supposed to be your spiritual father. And, and I was just shocked. And I was like, oh my gosh. Went and prayed about it. Felt the release from the Lord on it. And that's been one of the best journeys for my entire life because I needed someone to see things that I couldn't see and be able to speak into my life. And I needed someone I could trust, not just the Lord, but someone I could trust and literally sit next to and be like, this is what's holding me back, what's bondage in my life. And we began to take it at root levels and began to dig deep inside. And a lot of those things that I had bound up through the years and I had allowed the enemy to deceive me and create these false mindsets, I I began to see them slowly fall away. But it it wasn't overnight. It literally took day by day by day by day. You can have a change in direction, but unless you change your way of thinking, you will end up right back where you started. How you think charts your course. Yet when we go around the same mountain, okay, you know, it's 
I, man, I had done this so many times. It's that I'm going to get it right, God, and you go to the altar and you get it right and then you go back into daily life and then you fall again and then you come back to the altar the next week and you fall back daily again. And it's, it's a thinking pattern. It's a way that you think that the Holy Spirit wants to come in and change. Because it's like this says, if, if, if I'm walking, I can change my direction. But if I have a thought pattern that leads me back in that direction, ultimately I will always, no matter how I walk or how I plot my course or go, I'll end up right back where I started. must have a renewing of the mind, a changing of thinking. Something I quickly noticed was hunger for community. A community that wanted to go deeper regardless of what it looked like. A body of believers in unity. The surface level, the shallow stuff just didn't cut it anymore. One of the scriptures I would meditate on very often is 1 Corinthians 1.10. Agree to live in unity with one another. Put to rest any division that attempts to tear you apart. Be restored as one united body living in perfect harmony for a consistent choreography among yourselves, having a common perspective with shared values. I began at the, the place I was at in this season, I didn't feel like I had anyone that I was really running with. I, I had a, a few people throughout my time frame being there that I connected with because hunger draws hunger. But the body as a whole, I was really struggling. I was like, man, God, you know, I'm tending to my devotional life. I'm tending to intimacy. But I just want people I can run with and do the kingdom of God with. It's not about just showing up on Sunday mornings. Like, it's literally about this daily relationship. And out of this, I see change in my own life. And I want others that believe and see that too and run with that. There's a necessary pruning process we all have to go through. I had to say yes to the Lord and willingly allow him to prepare me for the next season. He was wanting me to step into. Now why? His love comes after anything that's hindering us from walking in his fullness. Which the end result is also your fullness in him. We cannot see discipline as him cracking the whip. We must see it like this. He loves us so much, he will not allow anything to hinder us. Laying our lives willingly on the altar to allow the fire of God to purge us is rarely pleasant. If you were to picture melting of the gold you know, a lot of times, one of, one of the things that I had told the Lord is I would lay on the altar and, and that was basically me doing my own thing and living my own life. But now I came into, Lord, I will lay my life on the altar before you. I will live for you. I give you my life. And in that, he begins to immediately go into cutting off the things that are holding me back those things that are stopping me from walking in my true identity of, Cody, I know who you are and that's not who you are, but that that's in your life needs to come out. So I'm gonna go ahead and burn it out. It's painful. 
And through that burning process, now in that burning process, I found this interesting, when gold is melted, some of the impurities, because gold is melted at 2,000, right at 2,000 degrees, some of those impurities are actually burned away just because of the intense heat. The other thing that happens is the other impurities that have not been burned away will rise to the surface. And with that, the person melting the gold will be able to remove that, thus leaving the pure gold. So I began to understand this and just pray, God, melt me. <laughs> I don't care how it looks. I was so miserable in life anyway before I got born again. It was like, I don't want to go back. Why stay stagnant? I must go forward. And in order to go forward, I knew these things must be burned out of my life. So I began to pray, whatever it looks like, however you need to have it done, get it out of me. And that's what he began to do out of his love and faithfulness because he wants us all to grow. He wants us to be who we are in him, our true identity. To walk out true sonship, there are some thoughts and habits we must have renewed. Now, the renewed is anakinosis, and it's a very good Greek word. It's a renewing, a renovation, a change of heart, but it's a complete change for the better. See, if you were to view it as renewed in a sense of, I have something old and I'm going to renew it, that's actually not correct. It is a complete renewing. It's, this, is to, this is not take the old and make it better. This is like you would renovate your home to where you would walk in it and not even recognize the renovation, a complete renovation. Vine's concordance describes it as the adjustment of moral and spiritual vision and thinking to the mind of God. Once again, what you see and what you think. I had a lot of stretching that needed to be done. Coming out of my old lifestyle, I was very me-centered. I was selfish, and all of these seeds I had planted over so many years, the Lord was going to allow me to plant new ones. One night at a friend's house during live worship, I had a vision. In this vision, I just want to set it up for you real quick. I, there was a kind of like a private event. And I had a good friend of mine. She was a worship leader and invited a bunch of people. And we got together in one of these little venues. And we just started worshiping together. And I'm in the, in the back corner all by myself. And I instantly just, I knew where I was at but yet I wasn't there. It was, a very, it was one of the first times I've ever experienced a very weird experience like this. And I, I instantly saw these field, this field of green, green grass, and it had trees you know, all the way around the field. And it says, I was standing next to Jesus under a tree in the shade. I stuck out my hand and he placed a bunch of small seeds into it. Looking over the field, the green grass turned into dirt rose instead uh, ready for planting. Jesus looks at me and tells me, think about every promise, everything you're believing for, and the growth you want to see in your life, your internal garden. 
He blows on the seeds in my hand and now tells me to go plant them. Here's the things about seeds. Unless you know where you planted the seed, you would never know it was there. For a season, there is no sign of life. There comes a part in the germination process where the outer shell of the seed has to die and fall off. Unless it dies, you get no root. And if you get no root, you get no shoot. At the surface level, your promise may look dead, but never underestimate the process that's developing roots and creating shoots. You must keep your eyes on the promise. If you have sight to see by faith, the promise will be fulfilled. You will guard the fragile shoot, but one day that fragile shoot will turn into a large, fruitful tree. Colossians 1.10, we pray that you would walk in the ways of true righteousness. Please God in every good thing that you do. Then you'll become fruit-bearing branches, yielding to this life and maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in his fullness. Do not be fixated on what you see at surface level. Where is your gaze? What are you focused on? It ultimately reveals what you're heading towards. And that's a lot of times where we can get so distracted, especially now in our circumstances of what we're going through and maybe you woke up on a bad day and work's going crazy and the world's going crazy and, and you could focus on that or you could focus on your true identity of who you are in Christ and how you can impact that. Because there is light inside of us, the Holy Spirit shining through. And with that, we get to be the image of Jesus to other people around us and even other circumstances that happen around us. Lessons I had to learn along the way. Remember, this is, this is during a stretching season for me. It was very hard. It was very, I, I want to say I was, it was over two years of a, of a process. Not to be judgmental about other people's process. The revelation God has given you can oftentimes be for you. And where someone else is at in that process, we have to let the Lord bring that to fulfillment in them. I have found in life, the further you keep somebody at a distance, the easier it is to judge them. If you are having trouble judging someone, be intentional about getting to know them. A miracle will take place where you will develop a godlike passion for them. You will give them grace for the journey they're on. I noticed you would literally, if I had an issue with someone, what would actually happen even at a subconscious level, not even realizing it, when I would try to go and talk to them, I'd keep them at a distance. And they would actually feel that. They wouldn't tell you they could feel it, but they would. It was this awkwardness. It was a weirdness. And in that, it made me want to stay away from them even more. Probably the same thing for them too. That awkwardness. It was not the love of God. It was literally judgmentalism 
and they felt it and wanted to stay away from it. So instead of me being able to relate to them and bring the love of God into the situation and have compassion and understanding on them, it would push away. And that's what the enemy loves to do within the body, push away. Trust in God and his timing. Galatians 6, 9, don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seed. For the season of reaping, the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. You can't always see it. You can't always see where the, the seeds are planted, but many times they're there and we're believing that they're gonna grow. And God is faithful to do that. In my mind, I made every excuse to step out of this season. I would go to the Lord in prayer and cry out, please, Lord, I'm ready to be out of this season. I wanna go deeper. I wanted to leave before the process in me was finished. He would not give me the okay to leave. I would whine, pitch a fit in our quiet time, some days more than others. Had I aborted the process and left in my own timing, he would have had to reroute me to meet my wife. It was through this church, a friendship would lead me to another friendship that opened the door for me to transition to another church. This is where I would meet my wife. And this church also allowed me to see what real family looked like. It was so important that I stayed in that season and the Lord knew it. The Lord knew it would be connecting of the dots that would lead me to the church in Baton Rouge where I'd find my wife. If I would have aborted that process, the Lord would have probably had to go a lot longer route maybe, I don't know. But he still would have had to do something different. And I'm very grateful I didn't abort the process. I went through it and I said, Lord, I'm just gonna do this for you. And out of love, he just began to mold me, purge me. <clears throat> I also want to uh, quickly say, you know, unless you've, unless God has spoken to you in some way to, to stay where you are, the benefits of being connected to a kingdom family are endless. This isn't always a group that looks like you, talks just like you, and many times they may even believe differently than you. There is growth in this forcing us to break open our own boxed-in theology we may have correctly or incorrectly formed. Around people who always believe exactly like you, you will never challenge that which has been developed inside of you. I have often found in such situ situations, if we are not challenged, we then become defensive. Why? In the moment of questioning, we ourselves question ourselves, exposing our own immaturity, and instability of thought. I'm not talking about foundational truths here. There's a big difference between I believe Jesus died and rose so I can walk out true identity and I read a different translation of the Bible than you. One is a foundational truth which God's kingdom stands on. The other is open to thought and change of opinion. I wanted to touch on that very quickly. I, I, I want us to understand there's open-ended and there's closed-ended. Okay, the foundation truth of who Jesus is, what he did for us, closed-ended. It happened, I believe it. 
there is nothing else. Or as opposed to someone may believe in reading a different translation than you. It's different, you know, it's, it's, it's different. It's different. They may benefit in that, you may not. <clears throat> we are running with a kingdom group of people that live to go deeper. Sunday isn't our lifeline, it's his body, his bride expressing unity. We must learn to allow the Holy Spirit to breathe upon the embers of daily love first. When this is done, getting together on Sunday no longer becomes my lifeline. It now becomes an atmosphere where other believers who have been tending to their internal flame throughout the week step into unity and one accord. My one flame is combined with many other flames, bringing together in bridal worship and ministry unto our King. I believe every one of us has a unique flame, a unique color, and a unique scent that when burned by the fire of the Holy Spirit, all these little flames become one massive flame that's multifaceted. What's multifaceted? We can picture a diamond where each cut reflects the light shown upon it. His light shines upon his bride and his bride saturated in the reflective beauty of light becomes his diamond. This multifaceted mixture at this precise moment in time, once mixed can never be separated, yet each unique aspect identifiable. This creates an atmosphere that not only changes lives present, but will change lives for generations to come. This is no more being a lone ranger. This is literally we need each other. One thing that I love to do that I really, I know many of you in here have also experienced this where you get together with people and you share something the Lord is doing inside of you. You may share parts of your testimony. You may share what the Lord has done with you throughout the week. And I literally began to picture this. It would be like, if I'm at Derek's house and I'm having a rough day, and all of a sudden, feedback, sorry guys. All of a sudden, he begins to share what's going on in his life throughout the week of how Jesus has impacted him. It's literally as if there was a campfire right here with embers and the Holy Spirit is gonna blow a wind towards me. What's gonna happen is those embers are gonna start to come up and they're gonna fall on me. And instantly I'm gonna feel the heat. So the Holy Spirit's blowing a wind through him. The fire is coming up, hitting on my coals. Yes. And that fire is sparking my fire. Yes. Need each other. Yes. If you haven't experienced that, get with someone within the body and just start sharing what the Lord's doing in your life. Allow them to do the same. You will literally feel, it's like electric. It just, it burns. Oh my gosh, I was having a rough day. Not anymore. Oh, I'm supercharged. Boy, you leave there and you're, cool. I'm full of energy. <laughs> now that would be 
you spending time with a brother and a sister. We can also get within a body of believers where we begin to hear a sound. Now we normally, we can see this happen many times in worship now. I really feel like as a body, we're finally getting here where there is an overflow of the Holy Spirit beginning to come out and someone has a sound to release and they release that sound. Now, sometimes that sound can sound like a wail, you know, you know, wailing, okay? It can sound like screaming. It's literally utterance inside of you overflowing and coming out because there is a sound in you and it needs to be released sometimes. And sometimes it may not just be for you, it may be for the person next to you. Because it cre- it's, it, it's electric and it, it ignites an atmosphere. Yes. To give you an example of that in the Bible, I love where it talks about, John's about to baptize Jesus. And it says that some heard the father when he's baptized, my beloved son. But there's some that only heard thunder. It's very interesting. Some had an ear to hear that which the spirit was speaking and some only had an ear to hear in the natural. So many times what can happen is if, you, if you're not viewing it correctly, you'll just view it as someone releasing a sound when it's so much deeper than a sound. It's something inside of them that is overflowing at such an intensity, they just begin to say, I gotta open up, I gotta take the lid off, I gotta allow the sound to come out, and I gotta release it, and in doing that, you're gonna start shifting some atmospheres. And if you wanna go even deeper in that, uh, it's a chain reaction, other people start to do it. And then what's happening, it's a body of believers coming together in unity, releasing a sound just like in the upper room. If we start to think of it like this, it changes things. Because you begin to realize, I don't just have an urge just to make a sound. There's a reason for the sound. It changes things. Let's let it come out. Because if we're real, it's not just the worship team that has something to release. It's also us playing a part in that, releasing our sound with theirs. And in the mixture of that, it's a beautiful swirl. Their encounter can be the doorway to your own encounter. I've seen this played out one, one other time. I, I'd never understood this until the Lord just re- revealed it to me and <sighs> try to put words to this. So I was a part of a church and there would be someone that would need prayer or the Lord was encountering them. They could have still been in their seat. The Lord would encounter them. And as a body of believers the church would stand in the gap with them and, and, and not watch them or anything weird, but they would just begin to pray, God, the encounter they're having, 
I thank you for it, but I want that too. And with that, I began to see other people encountering God by having someone encounter God. I would see it to where someone would be up and they'd be laying hands on them and praying and God's really encountering them and they would hit the floor. And all of a sudden you'd see a few people kind of get up and get on the front row and just pray. Hey God, I stand with them. Whatever encounter they're having, I support that too. How can I better pray into that? And out of that, I begin to see some of them have encounters. It's amazing what that does. Honor. Honoring the encounter someone else is having is the gateway or an open door for you to experience the same thing. Honoring leadership, even in disagreement, is something I also had to really learn. Not talking about abuse. A spiritual leader will teach you to hear God's voice above any other. True leadership guides you. It sees your strengths, sharpens you, encourages you. They see your weaknesses and help you walk away from them. And they'll even ask you to step up and grow. <laughs> like getting in front of people yeah. <laughs> and sharing your heart even when you don't see it. Conquer fear. God will often use people in our lives to help mold us into his image. Yeah. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Have confidence in your leaders. Submit to their authority because they will keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For that would be of no benefit to you. I had to meditate on this one often too. I had to literally, as I began to see things and not agree with some things in this season, I had to go and get with the Lord and still honor them in that. And that's hard because you believe you're right and we all want to be right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Need to be righteous. That is true. <laughs> to be as he ought to be. To be as we ought to be. Righteousness. Thank you, Jesus. And go ahead and close now. And I just, uh, I just want to say you know, this is a really healthy body. I shared my heart of the journey and I really pray as a, a congregation, you'll find encouragement for your own journey. And one of the beautiful things, I got to get up here and know that regardless of what I said, what I'd mess up on, you support me. And I know ultimately God supports me and I look to God above all and he's accepted me and that's all that matters. But when you have a people who stand with you and believe in you, it gives you sometimes the confidence. And I'm just thankful that God loved me enough to allow me to be born again 
I don't like to say saved often because there's a mentality we can get that he saved me for heaven and from hell, which is true. It's very true. But I was also born again to be his image and his light right now. It's not just about me getting saved so I can go to heaven. It's about I am his image. I am his light to others. And I will be that light. I will go through the process willingly. I will do what needs to be done so that I don't misrepresent my king. He loved me well. I want to love him well too. And I get to do it daily. I'm thankful for that. Amen.